ownership of your actions and your mentality is going to free you and realize that you can make decisions. Because if you're saying like you're coddled or trapped, like you choose that. Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. Maddie B., Matthew Balsa, welcome to the show, bro. Thank you for your time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. What's the hour over there in Chiang Mai right now? Uh, 7.58 a.m., and I decided to keep it authentic, and I wanted to record this from my uh, couch. I was, you know... (laughs) I'm on my computer chair a lot. I don't want to sit there today. It's early in the morning. I went to 7-Eleven, got me some cold water. Yeah, man. Some toasties, some bread, a cup of coffee. So That's what I like yeah. about you, bro. You just definitely keep it to the basics. You know what I mean? And, and honestly, that's one of the things that stood out to me when you and I connected on that call a few weeks ago was, you know, your authenticity and your ability to just not complicate things. And I think my audience can take a lot away from that, right? Because they're playing a series of tales and storylines in their mind, right? They're in a vehicle right now they're not really happy with, and they don't quite know how to like, you know, take that leap of faith and actually change up their current stance in life. And I think there's something to be said for just taking it back to the basics. So I want you to, if you don't mind, real quick, take us back to your basics of Where did you begin, man? Obviously, you're in Chiang Mai, you know, you're a real estate investor, you're helping people scale their portfolios. You've met your lovely bride, you got a kid on the way, all these great things have happened as a result of going back to the basics and taking a leap of faith in yourself. So take us back to where it all started for you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm originally from Denver, Colorado, went to Colorado State University, graduated with a degree in speech communications. And while I was in university, I thought like, oh, I'm going to become a lawyer, right? So I was wanted to become a lawyer. And then I read this book called Civil Action and John Travolta, they made a movie about it. And basically it made me not want to be a lawyer and talked about like how corrupt everything was. And I was just like, all right, not going to be a lawyer. <laughs> so then, then I was like, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. That's what I want to be is an actor. And everybody's like, you went to school and now you want to be an actor. I'm like, yeah. So after I graduated... I moved out to LA or no, I'm sorry. I moved to San Diego for two years because I wanted to experience the beach and then moved to LA. So I did that. And then I got to LA and I pursued acting in LA for about six years. But while I was there, you know, you have a bunch of like highs and lows and you start realizing like, you know, how tough the industry actually is. And then I have all these questions like, do I even really want to act? I had two shoulder surgeries And so I was like very depressed for probably like a year and a half. And physical exercise is very big for me. So I'm like, okay, like I'm not booking roles. You know, I'm kind of like getting out of shape. 
on like my shoulder. I couldn't lift my shoulder above my head. I dislocated my shoulder. So I had to have shoulder surgery. And then I had like 10 months later, I had another shoulder surgery. So whatever, fast forward, you know, I basically decided that I no longer want to pursue acting anymore. And about towards the tail end of my acting career, I kind of had to have like a realization for myself and be like, you know, what do I really want? You know, it's easy in the entertainment industry to say like, I don't have a good agent. I don't have a good manager. It's the casting director's fault. Like my career would be so much more successful and blame other people. And I kind of was like playing the victim game. Right. Mm. And then I said to myself, like, you know, I'm tired of being a victim to everything. I'm tired of paying my credit card. I'm tired of my medical bills. I'm tired of feeling enslaved and entrapped to somebody else's world. And you know, you have bad times, but when you pull yourself out, you become that much stronger. And when you're down in the dumps and you see other people's like glory, you're like, God, everybody's so, can I cuss on the show? Fuck yeah, man. Okay. All right. So when you're down in the dumps, you know, you see other fucking people and you're like, like, yeah, they're fucking so happy and I'm here and oh my God. And then another like medical bill comes in the mail and you're thinking, yeah. And you're just thinking like, man, it's not, this is not what I'm about. And I was working as a waiter as well. And I basically busted my ass, like no joke, like as hard as I could, got the best shifts, made the most money. I was making good money in LA. Acting was okay, but it's kind of really discouraging when you realize you cannot work any harder Mm. or get any better. Like you've hit it, like the peak. And I was like, knowing that I've maxed out at like 29, 30 years old, I was like, all right, I got to do something else with my life. So I wanted to start traveling and I wanted to travel the world. So I made the decision to start consciously traveling abroad once a month. This was back in 2016, I believe. And so I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to book a trip. to 2016, you said? Yeah, 2016. Okay, Okay, a few years ago. So I booked a trip to Panama. I was like, yo, I'm going to go to Panama. Don't know anything about it. It seemed crazy to me. I was like, I'm going to go to Panama. And then I stayed on like a couch surfing guy's place. He's actually very cool. He's my friend. He's my friend now, but he's like, yeah, I'll pick you up from the airport. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? (laughs) And so that month I went to Panama. Next month I booked a ski trip for Canada by myself. I went up to Banff. Then the next month I went to Mexico. And then the month after that I went to Japan. And then I said, all right, I'm eventually going to have to like get fired from my job because there's only so many countries that I can go to in the States like every other month. And I was like, I want to go to Europe. So I basically at that time I said, you know what, I'm going to move. I'm going to move to Germany. And I always wanted to move to Germany. I don't know why. And so I was like, I'm going to move there. I basically sold off everything, got rid of everything. And for me, it was like a a cleansing, you know, I was like, Mm -hmm. I I was getting rid of everything. I would look at my shirts. I was like, dude, I had this cool basketball shirt. It had so much memories and the collar would become like frayed, like no joke. I mean, this was like a seventh grade basketball shirt. I'm a 20, <laughs> 20 year old now, you know, <laughs> American Eagle or Hollister or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, no, I got, I got rid of the Hollister, but like, I kept my like, athletic, <laughs> like, you know, when you have like a basketball team, right? Like that's the old bulls logo. Oh yeah. From, oh, yeah. The throwback. Yeah. 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 But it was like a real throwback. Yeah. So I started getting rid of everything, clothes, surfboard, uh, furniture, DVDs, books, yeah, I just wanted to get rid of it all. People were just like, yo, like you're kind of, do you want any money? And I was like, no, like these things don't mean anything to me. And in the meantime, I got my finances right. I just started throwing money at my credit card debt. I was in about $10,000 of credit card debt. Just bat, bat, bat. Yeah. You know, I recycled bottles to help pay down my credit card really? debt even faster. Yeah, wow. for sure. Yeah. I mean, like the way I looked at it was... I went to the beach maybe once or twice a week and I'm a health conscious person. So I'd walk the beach with the bag and I'd pick up bottles and then like I go over to my friend's house and if they had a party, like they brought over 12 beers, I was just like, Hey, let me have those cans. Like, all right. And then I just grabbed them, put them in my trunk. And then by the end of the year, I had about $110, which was, you know, about one month of a credit card payment. So I was like partying and walking the beach. I'm, basically making $110. So. 
I was like, I'll take it where I get it, dude. I had no qualms. Like, I was just like, my friends would laugh at me, right? They'd just be like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I'll take it. Like, I was just like, everything was a positive, like net positive at that point, right? I mean, wow. T. Harvey Ecker says, I think he wrote The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And he says, thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions, actions lead to results. Yeah. And so you have to have a thought, then you have a feeling, then it leads to an action, it leads to a result. So I had the thought of like, I'm getting out of debt. And then I had a feeling of like, you know, like jubilation of being happy. And then now it's time for me to take action. And he says like, you know, when you find some money on the pen, like a penny on the floor, you should say like, I'm a money magnet. Money is attracted to me. And so that's the way I looked. I was like, five cents, blick ups, five cents, yeah. 10 cents, blick ups, got another payday, blick ups. <laughs> so I just accepted like any money that came my way, small or large. And I would say that's when things started to change for me. And then I started getting my finances in order. And then I moved over to Germany. And then while I was there, I moved to Berlin. And it wasn't necessarily what I envisioned for myself. I don't really know what I envisioned. I envisioned more, I don't know, like as an American, like yodeling and you know, big mountains and, you know, pretty like German girls walking around everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And then I was getting there and then I was like, wow, like Berlin's like kind of like not what I expected. And I was living in like Frederickstein, which is like where the east of the Berlin Wall was. So it was like a little more rural. Like this feels like the war was here, like straight up. <laughs> they didn't make this shit up. Like it actually happened. No, dude. They have a church in like the nice area of Berlin. I forget what it's called. It starts with a W, but it got bombed by the war and like the roof was like blown off. You know, picture like Cherry Creek area or something right there yeah. like around there, right? And then they're like, oh, like this is the church of like Jesus Christ. And then it's like blown up and they're like, yeah, like this happened like 50 years ago. This was when the bomb raid came in. You're like, whoa. Wow. Epic. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Like, and to top it off, like when I was there, the month was like July. It was like 62 degrees in July. It was raining. I'm coming from California like, dude, what is this weather, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is freezing. And to top it off, my girlfriend dumped me while I was abroad. She's like, yeah, kick rocks. Damn, of course. Yeah, of course dude. it would happen that way. Yeah, dude. And so it's like extra depressing when you like wake up and you're like, <laughs> You're like crying, right? You're like, you're I can see that in a movie. <laughs> yeah, like it was not good. And wow. so, um, yeah. So then I basically was like, all right, I'm just gonna start traveling the rest of the world. So I wound up in Thailand, and I fell in love with my wife. I met my wife actually on Tinder. In the meantime, I wanted to start getting into real estate, and then I was trying to get into real estate. And people kept saying, oh, you want to invest in condos in Chiang Mai or you want to invest in... And I was like, no, I want American real estate. And people kept saying like, no, you should go to America. And I was like, well, it's probably not going to happen for a little bit. So I created a, a digital meetup on a group called Bigger Pockets. And then one thing kind of led to another. And then after about four months of doing that, I was put in touch with the CEO of another company where I'm currently at right now. And then blah, 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 blah. We started yeah. all downhill from there. And then I was able to create my own podcast and get married and now I'm having a kid. And, but that's kind of like my journey of how I wound up to here sitting on this couch speaking with you. Yeah, bro. All of that is so fascinating. Literally, you know, I feel like it's like the very beginnings of a resume of like one of the most interesting men in the world. <laughs> I mean, that story, I mean, that story <laughs> literally, <laughs> like I literally think, bro, keep up what you're doing right now. You might have a shot at that homie right there. You might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I just, don't always, I don't always go to the jungle, but when I do, I do my, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't always recycle, but when I do, it's a throw some money on my credit card. But like, dude, I think that speaks to those equis. Yeah, it's a those equis can. I think that speaks to like literally doing the extraordinary thing or doing what's uncommon or like traveling the path that's less common is the number one thing that I take away from your story, bro. And honestly, by far a great story. You should probably think about like sharing that via a book or a stage somewhere down the line. 
But the number one thing I take away is this idea of not being the victim, right? And so the audience right now that I'm talking to are young professionals, you know, they feel victimized, especially in like the culture that they've grown up in, right? Like they, for the majority have been coddled or spoon fed. And so when they pivot out of that environment where they've been nudged along to, you know, go to school and get a job and now they're on their own. And much like when you were in Germany, they find themselves in a situation that wasn't what they had cracked it up to be in their mind. They're like, fuck, like life just threw me another wrench. So can you give us some practicals as to like how you can sort of transition or pivot from being a victim mentality based person to a person of like, you know what, this is my situation. It's not happening to me. It's happening for me. I'm going to find a way to like level up my mindset and push forward. Like there's got to be a skill or there's got to be a certain gear that a person can kick into when they find themselves in that situation. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. So one, you're going to have to be brutally honest with yourself. Oh, love it. Talk to me about it, brother. You're going to have to be brutally honest. If you look at it, right, about people's lives, people can go down a career path or people can have a white picket fence and get a house. You know, you got to be like, who is it to say that I need a white picket fence and a house? You know, if you want that, that's fine. But first off, you have to start being brutally honest with yourself. And the second thing is you have to realize that you are not a victim Mm -hmm. of any circumstance, of anything. Like nobody can control you but yourself. So if you decide to watch TV, you're watching CNN, you're deciding to consume. If you want to go to the store and buy those Doritos, you're buying those Doritos. Mm -hmm. No, you are not a victim so that's the second thing. So be honest, you're not a victim. And for me, I always have this thing where I say like, instead of saying I can't, say I choose not to. So here's an example. Okay. Carl, you invite me to a party and I say, oh, you know, like, I don't know if I can make it. I can't make it. My, my, my wife, she, she has a baby, right? It's like, I can't make it. But if I say, I choose not to, right, now all of a sudden I'm making a choice. Because if I say I can't, that means I'm a victim. I can't save $1,000 because I don't make enough money. Well, you choose not to save $1,000 because you choose to work at your job. Mm-hmm. See, now when you say you choose, now you have a choice. Yeah. So if you say, I can't, I can't travel the world. Well, you choose not to travel the world because you choose to stay at your job. You choose not to save money. You choose mm-hmm. to go party. That's why you are where you are. Yeah. So ownership of your actions and your mentality is going to free you and realize that you can make decisions. Because if you're saying like you're coddled or trapped, like you choose that, right? You mm-hmm. choose to maybe let your mom baby you. You choose to be blind to certain investments and opportunities. You know, like you have to open up your mind and realize that what the most powerful thing that you have is your brain. And when you're able to utilize that brain and think for yourself, and for me, myself, like traveling the world, right? You start to question everything like, well, why do I think that? Like growing up in America, you're taught, America is the best. It's number one. And then when you like travel and then you see people basically putting America on a pedestal and you're like, well, why are we number one? Or like, what makes us so great? Like if you literally ask, like, what makes us so great? And you're like, oh, well, we're a, you know, we're a sovereign nation. We have democracy. It's like a lot of nations have democracy. And it's like, oh, well, you know, we can vote. And it's like a lot of nations can vote. Like you can go to Canada, you can go to Switzerland, you can go to a lot of these places. So questioning your own ideals and questioning, you know, your own existence, you know, these are good things to basically get at more core of a problem. It's called the Socratic method. Like, why am I here? I'm here because my parents had sex. Well, why do my parents have sex? Because they fell in love. Okay, well, why am I here in Shanghai? Because I traveled the world. Why am I talking to Carl? Because I started a podcast, which I had Travis on my show. And now I'm in part of the mastermind and you're part of the mastermind. And now we're here talking. That's why I'm here. Right. Like 
constantly asking yourself why. Yeah. So being honest, saying like, I choose not to instead of I can't, opening up your mind and your ideals, and then you'll realize that you're no longer a victim. And as soon as you're not a victim, you get back your power. And there's a movie called Schindler's List. And Schindler basically is a guy that it takes place in, um, during the concentration camps. And he's a, he starts up a business which basically helps liberate Jews. And somebody says to him, he says, like, Schindler, like, why don't I ever see you drink? And he says, well, the reason why I don't drink is because if you drink, you lose your power. And if you don't have your power, what do you have? Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the power of your mind and the power of your actions, you know that regardless of whatever happens to you, you are your best investment. You are your best vehicle and you're able to adapt and acclimate and not be a victim and control ownership of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So well said, man. I mean, I think the power of a question is really what I take out of your explanation there. You know, questions are literally worth a thousand words. And I think in today's society, like, you know, we all want to have answers. We all want to like be the first in the class to like raise our hand up and like display that like we're coming from a place of knowledge and, and a place of knowing this. But it always amazes me when I ask someone, well, like, why do you feel that way? Or why do you think you're in that situation? And you can kind of see in their face that they're a little like dumbfounded by it. Like, you know, like they're kind of like stuttering around trying to like reach for something. Again, maybe that desire to have a question. And for me, a while ago, I learned that the best thing you can ever do when you're in a situation like that is to literally just be by yourself, like be in isolation and start to try to like, tap into an internal conversation with yourself where to your point, you're practicing brutal honesty because it's so tough, man. We're all moving a thousand miles an hour. We have so many things competing for our attention. That voice sort of gets like, you know, squished and it sort of gets like pushed beneath and you can kind of lose a clear audio channel to that, if that makes any kind of sense. And I think that's why a lot of people are confused, man. It's like, damn, I can't even hear myself anymore. Like, when I ask a question, it's just like nothing but faintness. You know what I mean? So yeah. how do people amp that voice up, bro? Like, I think you've given them a great strategy. And so for mm-hmm. the person that's going to like go home and look at themselves in the mirror, and I've actually done this technique, it's kind of awkward, or just sit in silence in like a room and they're just struggling to hear that voice, that intuition, that internal compass, whatever you want to call it. How can they amp it up? Is there anything they can do to yeah. try to like crank that up a little bit? I had a guy on my show, his name was Matt Atchison. Yeah. And he was talking about like having like a Northern star, right? Mm. And that should always be your, your guiding point. So in legal terms, like it's called like stereo decisis. One case might like take it to the left, like, okay, we're going super like the law is taking it this way, but then they come back this way. So there's like a, like a balancing point, right? But you always kind of want to be like going towards the middle. And so you got to think about like, what do you really want? Like you got to be going back to super like brutally honest, like whether you're looking yourself in the mirror, right? So let's say you're looking yourself in the mirror and you're like, okay, like I want to work from my laptop. That's what I really want to do. And I want to be able to like go see my grandma uh, in Glenwood Springs. And I want to go see my friends in Colorado Springs and, you know, work down from there on a Friday. And then I'd have a three day weekend. You know, I'm not asking for much. Like, that's what I want. Let's just say that's the premise of knowing what you want. Yeah. Now you've you've done this motivation thing. And then the next day you get on monster.com and you start looking at jobs in the tech center that are 40 hours a week and you start applying for them, right? This isn't in an alignment with your, I want laptop mobility, right? right? Or I'm going to go take out a big lease on a car so I can have a car now and it's sick. I like it. But really my, my goal and my premise is what I want is I want to travel the world. It's like the kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. So I would say like, what do you really want? That's what I would say is focus on what do you really want? And if you want to amp that up, write it down mm-hmm. and start being brutally honest with yourself and start taking steps to achieve that. And it's okay to delineate from that right? But you got to be able to start coming back. Like you'll have a lot of stuff in your life and that goal, right? Or whatever it is, it could change. 
but that should be like your overall premise. Like if you want to live a healthy lifestyle and you're like, okay, like today I'm going to do one thing to help me stay healthy. Like instead of drinking six beers, I'm going to drink three beers. Like start small, right? Or, <laughs> but seriously you know, though, seriously though, you know, for progress though, is right? putting you into a momentum flow. Yeah. It's a lifestyle, right? Like, I mean, you got to like, what lifestyle do you really want to leave? And I think right now with a lot of millennials, like that's the thing that people are, I'd say not battling, maybe, yeah, I'd say maybe battling with is like, you know, our grandparents grew up in like a war ridden era. Right. And then our parents were like in the Vietnam war, blah, blah, blah. Then, so like now, like it's our generation, what war did we have? Like the Iraq war, Afghanistan war, maybe like over in the Middle East. But for the most part, we haven't had like a hard fought thing. Now it's all social media. And now there's this whole of like, oh, like, what do I do? Everybody's been telling me I got to get a house. I got to get be a professional. But, and then you see other people who are maybe digital doing podcasts, doing drop shipping, doing all this other stuff. It's like, it's this whole new era of technology and lifestyle. And then people see it, right? And they're like, well, I kind of want that. But I have a car that is okay. I drive to work and back. But other than that, I don't use it that much. And blah, 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 blah. And then they have all these things that hold them down and rid them from really freeing their mind and thinking more grandiose. Yeah. So that's what I'd say is like, what do you want? And whatever it is you want, don't let anybody tell you you can or you cannot have that or try and shape your ideals. So if you, Carl, wanted to put on your wall behind you a bunch of artwork, right? Like, who am I to say like, that's dumb. Don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Like, if you want to do something, fucking do it. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You might do it and then be like, okay, actually, my staircase with a bunch of artwork looks really stupid. But you never would have known unless you did it. But if you sit there and think about yeah. it for four years, oh man, maybe I should do it. I don't know. Maybe I'll, yeah. I'll get one more piece of artwork as opposed to just going ham, doing it. Okay. This wasn't for me. Checking yeah. it off. Like I'm going to go work in the corporate world. Up, uh, did it. Don't like it. Terrible. Right. I'm out. As opposed to like, you know, deep down, this is not for me. And then you stay in a bad relationship. You stay at a bad job and you say, oh, Maybe once I get a raise, this job will get a little bit better. Yeah. And then it's been seven years, eight years, nine years. And the thing is, it's okay. There's no bad point, but think about it. I spoke with a friend the other day. We actually connected through Instagram and he's in India and he's in Mumbai and he's going through some struggles and he's trying to figure out how to basically move to Australia and he's struggling with uh, visas and you know, there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of tough stuff. And especially Americans, when you realize you have access to opening up bank accounts and your passport and just the sheer opportunities you have as an American, mm-hmm. like once you start realizing that and how fortunate you are, you start feeling more appreciative of like, you know, the struggle yeah. that your parents have gone through and like it's stuff like, like that. Yeah. It's like, yo, because your ancestors, your parents went through that struggle you should be in the arena capitalizing on the freedom that you have. Like I call it running up the scoreboard of life. Like any game that we play as Americans, primarily, we want to run the score up, you know, traditionally most games, whoever gets the most points on the board wins the game. So why is it that in our life, you know, we hit a couple of points and then we just stop. It's like, to your point, test things out. That's a point on the board. Go to Germany. That didn't work out. That's a point on the board. And be willing to sort of test and reflect, you know what I mean? In order to figure out what that yeah. path is for you. Yeah. yeah. It's really like trial and error, right? We all have them, right? A friend that wants to get married or wants a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And they're like, ah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't date much. And then they go on like one date every two years. And then they're like, ah, like, it didn't work out. Like that was the guy that was going to get married. That was, that was going to be my husband. That was going to be my wife. And it didn't work out. It's like, that was one date. Like you got to play the odds, you know, how many people start a business and fail, but they learn, right? IBM owner says, uh, I think the co-founder or whatever, he says, the quickest way to success is fail at a rapid rate. Mm -hmm. And so many people are afraid to fail. And 95% of the people are afraid to fail. But bro, like here's my issue is I feel like 
you know, people, especially in today's day and age, only see people quote unquote winning. So I feel like we share that. And I, it's so true, like fail your way forward, fail your way, you know, to success. But it's like, kind of like being back in like grade school, man, like, you know, you feel like you know the answer to the question, but you're not quite sure, but you're afraid to like throw your hand up and like get the conversation going. Like people hear that and I feel like they internalize it, but there's something that's still holding them back. Like, 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 it's, like them, it's themselves. It's themselves, it's themselves Carl. Exactly. It's themselves I, because what you're, what you're doing is that you're formulating, yeah. you're formulating in your head, right? You're formulating, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be bad. Right. It's, and don't get me wrong. Like I still do this. But let's say, let's say you did it 100% of the time and you're the best version of yourself and now you do it 60% of the time. Uh-huh. Well, 40% of your time is like you have 40% more clarity, right? And when you see all this fucking shit on like social media and you see all this, like, fuck it, fuck it all the hell, man. Like you have to get in the game to learn the fucking stuff. Like right. an example being like everybody watches football, right? In America. Everybody has a team. They're like, oh, the Broncos, the Jets, blah, 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 blah. Go Pack. Yeah, okay, Go Pack, right? Shameless, shameless plug. <laughs> yeah. Okay, whatever, whatever your team is. Now, my best friend growing up, he's like my brother. He played quarterback varsity at our school for three years. He didn't go to college to play football, but he's a very smart guy. Now, at that level, once you start progressing and you're at a bigger school, you start learning zone reads and cover options and blitz packages and blah, 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 right? It starts getting more and more advanced. And clearly, I don't understand any of that shit. Like football is a complicated game. Everybody that watches it thinks that they know they are the coach. Like, oh, I was a rundown option. Like it's a zone to read. Like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Like, yeah. hello. <laughs> and so we think we know what's going on. Like the coach is watching the guy practice every single day. There's trainers on the field. They have a relationship. But me sitting on the couch for my fantasy points, like I think he should have run a um, over the middle and caught the ball on a slant. Like uh-huh. that's the most like minute, like I'm not on the field seeing, reading the coverage. I don't know how to read coverages. So what I'm saying is, as when people are saying like, oh, this guy is killing it in podcasting. It's like, yeah, you're on the sidelines. You don't even know the first step of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even know how to book a show. You don't even know how to get guests on. You don't even know how to create a funnel. Once you start doing that, you're like, okay, like the guy's not that far ahead of me or Maybe he is farther ahead of me, but I'm a lot farther ahead of than those people. So until you get in the game, you're never going to know. But if you're just sitting there formulating your thoughts, going around and around and around and around and around, being like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to raise my hand. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't learn. You know, you'll never learn unless you're taking action. And then you'll never get results. And if you look at it, probably like 95% of the people, mass media, right? Or mass group think, right? Like group think, like media puts something out there. Everybody takes it for what it is. You see a photo, it has 10,000 likes. Everybody must like this. I'll like it as well. I don't want to go against the norm because if I go against the norm, then I'm considered different. But the people that go against the norm, they're considered thought leaders, intellects, interesting. And then the masses consume their content. And then everybody wishes that they weren't part of the masses. But inside, like everybody's their own individual. Totally. People are always like, you know, you always hear like, that one big idea blow up, let's say Postmates. Oh, wow. Like you can have any random person off the street come to your doorstep and drop off food. And people are always like, damn, why didn't I come up with that idea? Well, somebody went against the grain and was willing to think outside the box and be like, you know what, dude, this could fucking be something. This could be something. And then they were willing to just take random action, imperfect action, and just put two and two together, out comes Postmates. And now it's completely revolutionized the world. So to what Matt's saying, like you might have that one random thing that you think is so far fetched, so out of the box, it would never ever work. That could be something, but your internal script is what's keeping you from exploring that further. Put some fucking points on the board and see if it's a thing. If it's not, who the hell cares anyways? Nobody's thinking about it that much besides yeah. you. You know what I mean? So yeah. shoot that shot and see what it can be made of. I absolutely love that, yeah. man. And I completely agree. I want to kind of pivot with you a little bit. So yeah. 
you're in Shanghai now, you know, life's going well. And I have to imagine that obviously you embody everything that you live, right? But I've got to imagine that there's still some day-to-day obstacles that even despite you taking action and growing this life that you sort of amassed for yourself, you still got to battle with. So how do you handle that on a day-to-day? You know, I once read in the book that the act of heroism is being able to turn down temptation, you know, when you want to stay in bed a little longer, it's feeling nice and warm, and to actually get yourself to take action and do the uncomfortable thing that points you more towards the Northern Star, as you called it. You know, how do you handle that day-to-day now? Because facts are, it never stops being uncomfortable. It never stops being difficult. And I don't want to lead people to think that they're going to hit a certain lifestyle and all their problems will go away. So how do you deal with that? You know, just anything in the day-to-day. You're saying avoiding temptation throughout the day? Yeah. So, you know, just just any challenge that you overcome in your day-to-day that potentially puts up a small barrier from where you're at now, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. doing very well towards the goal. Because I think there is a temptation or there is a mindset that a lot of young people adopt. Hell, I was there that once I reach X, I'm good. I've crossed the finish line. You know, I've proved myself. They almost kind of look at it like like, like a test. Like I'm going to cram for this test, get this score, and then I'm done. I never have to worry about it again. But I'm saying like, as you up-level your life, things, yeah, they get better, but more challenges come along. So how do you continue to keep your head in the game despite that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I would say I need to, like, I can be, I don't want to say uptight at times, but I can be very, like, hard on myself. Okay. And, you know, like, just like you're grinding, you know, you wake up, you grind, you're like, you're doing your stuff, you're like, you're you're hitting your P's and Q's, right? Let's say you're like, oh man, like, I'm doing this seven day workout challenge, like, all right, you know, like, I'm going to the gym, all right, damn, like, like, I'm not where I should be. I'm not where I should be. Like being hard on yourself, right? And I think for me, taking a step back and like relaxing, like here I am like telling you all this stuff, right? Yeah. And then for me being over here, you know, there's good things and there's bad things. But also for like, I, I guess for you could say maybe like a good and a negative is being removed away from a lot of stuff, like also say media and you know, everyday rhetoric and it's more like about me, right? Mm. There's nobody like I see Carl rolls up and then Carl's bought like a new house, right? I'm like predominantly like hanging out with like Thai people. I interact with Thai people. I live in a Thai neighborhood. Like, don't get me wrong. Chiang Mai has a lot of tourists, you know, but for the most part, everybody just like comes, kicks it, bounces. Like I'll have like a friend for like two or three months and it's like, beep, going to Vietnam. I'm like, okay, like it's been real. <laughs> so for me, it's very easy to be like, oh, dude, I should be here. Like, I have all this time. Like, I'm, I, should, I should be doing this. Like, oh, like, I should be, I should, I, wish, I should have more results. I should have more results. Mm-hmm. And then when I take a step back, I'm like, okay, like, I'm not doing that bad. Like, yeah. you've done well relatively for yourself. Like, this is okay. And I think being um, thankful and appreciative for how far I've come. You know, like if you look back, like, oh, I have made results. Was I further along than I was three months ago? Yeah. Was I further along than six months ago? Okay. Like winning, like you're saying, point on the board, as opposed to like, oh, I'm a loser. It's like, yeah. that was Monday, dude. Like, chill. <laughs> <laughs> like, chill out. You're so hard. You know, like I, I could get very uptight, like if I'm working, right? And my, and my wife's like, Oh, hey, I'm like, I got, babe, I got to finish this. I, I got to finish this. Like, I, I, I just have to. I, 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 like I said, I was, I'm going to finish it. Please, please. And I'm just like working at it. And it's like, yo, homie, like you need to like relax sometimes and just be like, take it in more as opposed to not being able to see the bigger picture and just getting stuck insularly. So for me, I would say being able to relax sometimes and enjoy your progress and where you are as opposed to just being like so hard and beat yourself up. Yeah, man. It's definitely a self-awareness thing. And I think just also a little bit of self-love too, with regard to realizing that, you know, whatever your current circumstances are or whatever the current environment looks like before you, that's where you should be. It sounds 
cliche. Maybe it sounds like it's kind of hard to believe because I know some people are in some tough spots right now, whether it be mentally or even their actual environment. But like, for some reason, you're there. And so back to what you were saying in the very first part of the conversation, taking yourself out of this victim mentality and, and just trying to like peel the curtains back to say, all right, what should I be taking from this? You know, that alone should hopefully make your situation all the more worthwhile and then hopefully give you some ideas as to what you can do to push yourself forward. You know what I mean? So I love that you share that, man. I want to know real quick, bro, before we wrap it up here, what's yeah. like a current big fear of yours, you know, and, and, and nothing fake like spiders or snakes, but like what's like a legitimate fear that Maddie B is dealing with right now? I would say my biggest fears are that I will not live up mm. to the person that I know that I can be in my full potential. And a part of that is like, we want to come back to the States or I predominantly want to come back to the States. And my wife, you know, is willing to come back with me. She's interested, but she's not like, let's go to America. She's like, yeah, I kind of like Thailand. <laughs> and so like my fear is that I'm thinking like, what if I come back and it doesn't work out or I'm about to have a kid. Right. And I'm like, you know, people get married, right. And they never think they're going to get divorced. Like how many people do you actually know that are really a good father? Like, mm. I don't know the statistics, but I would say maybe just like thinking off the top of my head, like they probably are a really good father. The people that I know are the men in my life or like the male figures, maybe three out of 10. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's different for other people. That's just a number off the top of my head. But then I think like, am I going to be a good father? Like, I hope so. I don't know. Like, I don't want to be a bad male role model. And I want to, I want to lead by example. And I think for myself, like my father was involved in my life a lot, but you know, my parents were separated and I never really had like a male figure being like, sit your ass down, do your homework. Like, this is how you shave young man. Like you're going to go to school here. It's more like, oh, cool. You know, my dad was like, sabai, sabai, like easy, easy. And so, you know, I wonder with like my life, my child, like I would like to be a better role model, not only for like my child, but for other children and other men and other teenagers that are growing up in this world to be like, yo, like this is what a male should be. Because growing up before social media and all this, like rap and hip hop was everything was popular. It was like, fuck bitches, get hoes, cash money. Right. Like, yeah. like those were like our, those were like our models. It was like, okay, like what did you really have like to look up to? Right. And so I think that's a problem like within our society and stuff like we don't emphasize enough of like, this is what like a gentleman is. And like, this is like the way like you should treat, you know, not only women, but like elderly people and like, be an overall well-rounded person. And I think for like myself, I think like if I wasn't able to pass that along to my child, I would come across as like a phony and a fake. And sometimes I struggle with that. I'm like, am I, am I fake? Like, am I good? Am I fake? Am I real? Like there's this like fine line of like, practice what you preach. And it's like, okay, now I'm kind of uptight. Like, ah, ah, you know, there's this like, ah, all this like inner battle of demons. So I would say not living up to the person that I think that I could be and like letting my family down and like the next generation. Wow, man. Thank you for getting vulnerable and sharing that, bro. I think the mere fact that you answer that way, you know, this idea of not living up to your full potential. And obviously now that you're getting ready to enter the season of fatherhood and having these feelings of, am I going to be good? Am I equipped? Like the fact that those are in your mind, that right there communicates to me. And I'm sure all the listeners that like, you're a dude that's super genuine and wants to hit it out of the park. Like, I feel like sometimes a little bit of doubt there, like, can I do it? Can I live up? Like, that's what gives you that little extra oomph. And that's what creates that extra gear to kick into in order to execute come the time, right? When it comes to that opportunity that helps you, you know, kind of come closer to who you're supposed to be or being this awesome father that you're getting ready to be. So that's huge. And, 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 and that's something that I would honestly encourage anybody that's listening to ask themselves, like sometimes I feel like your fear can be the best motivator towards what you should be doing or what you should be doubling down on. You know, in the case yeah. of Matt here, like you're doing some huge things. You're wondering, do I have enough in the tank to like, you know, be this awesome investor? Well, 
keep on working on your craft, man. Keep on sharpening up your tool set. And, you know, as time would happen over the course of time, I'm sure you'll eventually be there. So I love that, man. I love that. And it takes me to the next part of the show that's going to help us wrap it up here. And this is my visualization round, man. I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, thoughts become things. And I know you touched on that one quote from, I think, Jay Eckler or something like that earlier. Ecker. Yeah. I'm going to check him out. I love this round because it's, it's incredible. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I like where this is going. Yeah, man. It's, it's incredible. I mean, like I'm looking at my place right here, man. I thought about this four and a half years ago when I was sharing a room with five dudes in St. Louis, man. It's crazy that it came out. So I want to know, bro, like six to nine months with everything you got going on, man, you got this great podcast, Real Estate Journeys, which I'll have you talk about here in a second. You know, you're, you're talking about scaling people's portfolios. You're talking to all these different people. You got a son coming where are you at in six to nine months, man? And I want you to kind of give us a play-by-play from sun up to sundown. When you wake up, what does it look like? What are you having for lunch in the middle of your day? You know, what are you doing at night, six to nine months from now? All right, let's see. All right, so nine, I'll, I'll go nine months. So yeah. Yeah. we're what, mid-September, October, November, December, six months. So that's like next June. Yep. Next June. Um, and what I'm going to do too, just so you know, make it very interesting is obviously we'll be talking before then, but I'm going to follow up with you. We're going to do a little mini sode to see mm. if you've met or exceeded what you're getting ready mm. to proclaim here today. Mm. So just, this is going for the record, brother. Okay. In a perfect world, I would be able to, in nine months, be able to scale my podcast and start making money enough to sustain myself. How much money would you like? Hmm. Interesting. Just a number off the top of my head. I'll say 6,000 a month. Okay. From the podcast. No. Ah, Okay. I'll say 10,000. I'll say 10,000. Yeah. It's like play big, bro. Play big, man. (laughs) I'll say say 10,000. Okay. Because what what, what I would like to do is I would like to get the podcast, scale it, right? It's a real estate podcast, but I want to be able to uh, take my money, right? And roll it over and just be like podcast, real estate investing, podcast, real estate investing, and just have it just be like almost like seamless, right? Yeah. And then that way I can have more mobility. Yeah. I think that's what I would kind of envision and working on that. And I would like to, you know, be able to scale as far as helping people within real estate. And I would like to really what I'm about is I could say, if you said like my Northern star, I want freedom and I want more freedom in the sense of not only bigger bank account, but I want to be able to have more streams of income that are online. And I want to be able to have a more free lifestyle. And I think if I was able to scale my podcast, that would help with a lot of things. And I could, you know, I could record that podcast from Japan, right? Like I could record that podcast from, you know, China. And I think if I had some more money coming in, I would be able to relax a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Not be as uptight with the emails. Honey, one second. So yeah, I, and I'd say like the day-to-day life would be working within the podcast and real estate and being able to be there for my son and um, just kind of like doing dad duties of like, because I want my kid to be gangster too. Like he's obviously going to know Thai and English, All but right. I know some Spanish. So I'd like him to know some Spanish and then like another language. So I'm going to hit him hard. Yeah, man. All like angles. Get, get like four, like four languages under his belt by you know, by the time like he's 10, push him and challenge him and just be there for him. And like, I'm excited to be a father. So that, and just being there for my wife and, you know, being able to travel if I wanted to, and we're having a new house built as well. So our house is going to be done hopefully in by October 1st, but we'll see. It's supposed oh, to be done. In Chiang Mai? Yeah. Hang on. Wait, October. Yeah, it was quote unquote, supposed to be done in two weeks, October 1st, but okay. I doubt that. So November 1st would be great. So I guess enjoying the day-to-day life 
working on my podcast and enjoying being a father in my new house with my new son and my wife. That'd be very ideal for me in nine months. Awesome, bro, man. I'm excited for you. You got a lot of things going for you. And more importantly, man, I feel like you are taking the daily steps. You're using your time to build towards that. You definitely don't strike me as a person that's sitting on his hands on the sidelines, hoping for these things to happen versus you growing and going towards those things, man. So I'm so happy I know you now, man. I'm so happy I got the opportunity to connect and that you were willing and kind enough to come on the show and just share some of these insights, man, because my opinion is, and I ask this question too, because now that I know you, man, I feel like I'm somewhat a part of your journey. And I feel like we're all human beings just having a common experience, which is why I do this show, just so we can all learn from one another's experiences, you know, be it as they may be different, they're still the same in the grand scheme of things, man. So Thanks for keeping it real, bro. You're a true gangster, bro. And uh, I love what you're doing with the show. Before I let you go, though, please let us know where we can follow you, where we can learn a little bit more about real estate journeys and some of the exciting things you're doing on the investing side. Yeah. So I'm the host of a top 400 business podcast called Real Estate. (laughs) (laughs) See what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a podcast for real estate investors who are looking to scale to 100 units and become location independent. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, any of the major things. Or you can check out the website, rejpodcast.com. I'd say that's the best place to find me. And I'm all across all social media channels as Matthew Baltzell. So pretty easy to find. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Baltzell. Thanks, bro. We'll be talking to you soon. Appreciate it, Carl. Thank you. All right, bro. Have a good one. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's carl with a K, S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15-minute free Zoom call with me, and I can't wait to see you there.